might have heard that the Talica boys were gonna play some heavy shit tonight. Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. This is Ethan Luck, and this is another edition of Metal Tales from the Road. And we're going to be talking about Metallica's show just the other night in Copenhagen, Denmark, uh, really close to Lars's hometown, and uh, live via Skype at a jazz and blues club uh, way across the world right now um, in Denmark is uh, Dennis, uh, and now in English, this is Dennis Dalgard. But uh, Dennis, how are you, first of all? I'm very good. I'm enjoying sunny Greece. So I'm um, very good having a beer. Oh, you're, you guys you're in Greece right now. Yes, yes. I'm hol- uh, holidaying in Greece. Uh, we have about 85 degrees Fahrenheit, so it's a nice day. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a little, uh, it's a little bit warmer here. It's uh, it's, pr- oh, it's oh God. pretty disgusting <laughs> here in uh, Nashville right now. It's like uh, about 93 degrees and very humid. Oh, here. Oh, uh, here is perfect. We are close to the sea, and the water is amazing. So uh, we flew... Uh, Almost uh, like within 12 hours of the Metallica concert, we jumped on a plane to go yeah. to uh, to Greece, to the Mediterranean. Well, that sounds so. amazing. I, I I wish I was there right now in, uh, in this sweltering heat. I can imagine seven hours from the ocean right now. So, um, well, uh, jump on jump on a plane. Yeah, it's, I'll just, you know, what? when we finish this, I'm just gonna go to the airport and just say, hey, I'd like a one-way ticket to Greece. I'm gonna go. Yeah, just stay here. I'm gonna sure. go meet Dennis. He's gonna show me around Greece. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> so before we started recording, you were explaining to me uh, actually in Danish your last name is not pronounced Dalgard. How do you say it? Delgo. Delga. Okay. Delgo. Delgo. Which is uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's actually interesting because the D at the end is silent. We have a lot of. Uh, we have a we have a slew of silent letters. So. There's a lot of silent letters at the end of your last name, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go and go. say the A, R, and D are all silent. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, you just swallow the word at the end. So. Yeah, exactly. Dalgo. Dalgo. I understand. Yeah, exactly. You did it. Hey, listen, li- listen to me. I'm, I'm getting an education in, in Danish culture and the history of your surname. Feeling good right now. I've I finally uh, graduated just from, not only from my Torben accent, but now I'm learning proper uh, pronunciation of uh, surnames. Yes, I mean, uh, we have to talk about your Torben accent. It's not so good. It's, it's good. basically a German it's accent. German. It's German. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, because that's the only, basically. that's like one of the few, uh, the few you know, accents of Europe that I can do. Um, I do a decent well, British it, accent. I, Irish yeah. is tough. Australian is amazing. Australian, Australian I think I'm pretty amazing. good at. It's right, mate. It's not yeah. that hard. Yeah. Crikey. Crikey, right? Um, yeah. It's kind of a, more of a stuffed nose kind of thing with the Australian accent. Lot of this, mate, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. You do really well. <laughs> Very Steve Irwin. Yeah, well, that's, so. I mean, that that's kind of, between Steve Irwin and Crocodile Dundee, those are, those, that's what... Crocodile sure. Dundee, at least. That's what you grow up with in America, at least in the 80s when you were growing up back then. 
that was our introduction to sure. Australia. It was like, wow, Mick Dundee, this is a crikey. And then Steve Irwin came along and made it even, uh, you know, a more of a, a bit of a goofy, fun kind of accent. But uh, I know it's, you know, I've gotten a few compliments on my Australian accent. I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. I'm very impressed. Um, <laughs> the, regarding the Torben, I think uh, you got to make it sound like more like Lars, actually, because he has a very Copenhagen accent. Right. So, uh, so that's kind of where his dad is at as well. But, Lars, um, Lars is a, his is a tough one, man. I, I've I've tried to do it. There's a there's a guy that uh, there's a guy that uh, often sends us little Lars clips on on uh, Twitter. Um, I yes, think we'll repost yes. them from time to time, and I believe he's Danish as well. <laughs> His his Lars <laughs> no. is great. It's pretty spot on. I mean, it's an interesting to as a Dane to hear Lars um, speak English and Danish yeah. for that matter. Because since he left about forty years ago, he speaks his Danish is more or less how you would speak Danish, I guess, forty years ago. Because that's when he left. So right. even his uh, his slang is from them. Yeah, yeah it's sure. interesting. Absolutely. It's great, though. So, you're, so right now you uh, you're on holiday in Greece. Are you in between Metallica shows, or are you going to more? What's the plan? Uh, no, um, yeah, I'm one of the boring ones. I only go, I only I usually only go uh, when they're in Denmark. Yeah, uh, which they are very often. Um, I, actually, it turned out that this gig was the 30th gig in Denmark. Wow! Uh, over the course of about 35 years, the first being in '84. Yeah. A, um, well, I guess they can't really. I don't know if you can hear me. There's some sorber playing in the background. I'm just gonna move. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We're getting some good background music uh, on this episode. For sure. Okay. Uh, I hope you can still hear me. I just moved oh, yeah. in a little bit. I can hear you just fine. Uh, so, um, so I've been. I just. I was. I was doing the numbers, and I. Uh, I, I counted that this was my tenth gig nice. in Denmark, and it was it, almost exactly to the date. Uh, on Thursday, uh, 20 year anniversary of my first concert. Oh wow! Which was at Roskilde Festival in 1999, and uh, let me just tell you that was insane. So I was uh, about to say, what a great, what a great year to see the band. I mean, you know, for sure. they, it's like, you know, S and M came out that year. They before that released obviously Load and Reload and Garage Inc. It's like. That was, a, I'm sure, an amazing time to see them pre-Saint Anger. I mean, dude, what a what a cool experience! I feel lucky to have seen uh, Jason uh, in concert as well, because I mean, a lot of people didn't right. have a chance, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, well, it was, and to be honest, it was one of my first concert experiences overall. I wasn't really into going to concerts, yeah. But after that one, I I was <laughs> so. Yeah, then, uh, then that, you realize, wow, it, this is amazing. I got to see this band nine more times. Yes, and we'll continue to do so. And uh, this time I even brought my wife for her first show. So, oh, nice. How, do, how does she uh, like it? Uh, let's just say she's not exactly a metal fan. I think you know how that is. Sure. Uh, uh, but she's, you know, she's into R&B and all that kind of stuff. Right. But she said to me afterwards, she understands why now that I'm a fan. Sure. Yeah, it's hard so, not to see that when you go to a Metallica concert, though. I mean, even if you're no, a, a casual fan, you go to a show, you look around and it's like, and you look at the production and how much they care about what they're doing. It's, oh yes. It's, it's easy, like you said, it's easy to understand why people are so into this band. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the spectacle of it, uh, just the overall enjoyment of the four guys. Right. I mean, they were so happy. It seemed to be yeah. there. 
Absolutely. And they, they seemed in a good mood. I mean, they were just having fun. And for we were about, I think, about uh, 47,000 people. Wow, and, man, that's uh, crazy. And, yeah, in a stadium. And uh, it was just, you know, hardcores as well as casuals. And I think everyone had a treat. And, uh, and Papa Head was in a good mood for sure. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Well, before we get into the, the specifics of the show, uh, let's give uh, the Good Metal Pure Podcast listeners a brief history on kind of your introduction to the band. You had mentioned that your first show was in 99, but how did you get into the band? What was the first record you heard? What became your favorite record? Stuff like that. Sure. Well, um, well, I'm, I'm almost a cliche because the first one was uh, the Black Album. That's okay, but man. <laughs> the, time, <laughs> the timing, though, was a little odd, but I do remember it quite vividly because I was, you know, in my early teens, I'm, uh, I'm 38. Yeah. Uh, and I was in, I was about 14 and before then, maybe the year, a year before I was sort of getting into rock and roll, rock music in general. Before that I was all about Michael Jackson and I still love Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the music, I mean, Thriller is still probably one of the best records ever. Right. Um, um, but something I was, I was, you know, really, getting into the whole guitar thing, the, the distorted guitar, and I just wanted to explore. Yeah. And I didn't really uh, know much, so I, you know, I tried Guns N' Roses, and I tried Nirvana, and all that other stuff. But uh, back then, in uh, my hometown, um, you could go to the library, and you could, uh, you could sort of take out CDs, mm -hmm. as you could take, take out books, uh, at a week at a time. So I basically went there, and I went to the rock and heavy metal section. And, you know, flipping through the CDs, um, there would be the Black Album. And I said, oh, I heard about this band. I don't really know much about them. Let's just check it out. Right, yeah. Some kind of, like, hardcore metal. Maybe it'd be too, too hardcore for me. Sure. And I remember, I really remember this vividly. Just going into my, my room, teenage room, with my hi-fi, you know, my stereo system, all that stuff. Just sitting down at the desk and just playing that song. And what was the first song? And obviously, it was Enter Sandman. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I just remember playing that song over and over again, like fifteen times, <laughs> just over and over again. Not even going to the second song, just listen to that. I was like wow. blown away. So just that one and song alone, just, you just, you, you couldn't get enough of that one. It blew you away that much that you just kept it on repeat for a while. Yeah, before I must even have diving in. My parents. That's <laughs> yeah, <awesome>. yeah. I mean. <laughs> It was just crazy, and I just remember, just okay, maybe I should try try the next song, right. and then after, and then you try Sad Patrol and all that, and it's just hooks after and just killing songs. What can you say? Yeah. So that was, and then after that, you know, uh, at the time, Beavis and Butthead was really cool, and um, then uh, this was November '95. Okay, and yeah. then this was just before, so late in the Black uh, album cycle, but early before Load, and Beavis and Butthead was all over MTV Europe. So we were, I was watching that, and then one time one came on, and they were commenting that, and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. <laughs> right, yeah. End of the song. Such a difference from the Black it just album. Went from there. Yeah, it was just I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and man. And then it just went from there, and uh, I just started. I went down to the local CD shop. Uh, doesn't exist anymore because of uh, Spotify and all that. Right, of course, yeah. Uh, I would, <laughs> I would go there and just listen to songs and just explore and, you know, put it on this uh, the little speaker and and then put on my headphones at the shop and just listen to all this stuff. Right. And I just 
went down a rabbit hole, basically. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of ha- happens for a lot of us, man. You know, you, you hear that first Metallica record, no matter which one it is. I mean, for some people, it's St. Anger. For some people, it was, like, Chris Deirdre's was uh, S&M. Um, sure. And it's just, it, if, if it's something that impacts you that heavy, then you can't help but want to know what else they have out there. You know, that, that happens to me with a lot of artists. You know, I, I'll get into sure. a band, you know, um, and I'm, I hear this one record. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I need to hear more, you know. Oh, I still have that. I mean, when I first discovered Anthrax, <laughs> after a while, I did that. And through Metallica, I discovered Iron Maiden. I yeah. heard, literally heard a cover version of Metallica doing Prowler. And I was like, that sounds awesome. What yeah. was Iron Maiden? And then, you know, the whole, another, you know, another branch opened up for me. So it was just uh, Metallica opened my mind quite a bit. Yeah, man. Well, and what's really cool, and I know we've, we've, we've briefly discussed this on other episodes, is a band like Metallica have done so many cool cover songs that it's kind of their way of, of getting people into their influences of what they're digging. And, um, Oh, sure. I, you know, like I've mentioned before, if it wasn't for Metallica, I wouldn't know who the Misfits were. Um, oh, me neither. <laughs> you know, or even, uh, you know, I knew that, you know, Dio was um, outside of Black Sabbath and his solo records. I knew he had that band called Rainbow with Richie Blackmore, but I never right. really tapped into that until I heard that uh, uh, Ronnie Rising medley right. <clears throat> off the compilation. I was like, wow, these are some cool tracks. And so I ended up, you know, checked it out online. I was like, this is great. And I ended up finding that record, uh, Rainbow Rising on vinyl. And um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's, I love that about artists that we look up to and we're fans of, excuse me, that, you know, over time you start to find out what their influences are or whether it's through a cover or during an interview or something. And then that way it, it allows fans like us to discover artists that are new to us, you know? I mean, it's, uh, recently it happened quite recently, I would say, with Merciful Fate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a local band from Copenhagen, so it's not really, um, it's not hard to come by, you know, even Michael Denner has a shop downtown, you can go in and say hi. Really? Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, Hank Sherman will be hanging out sometimes there as well. That's cool. He, uh, owns, he owns like a record store? Yeah, he does. Oh, that's so cool. cool little shop. Man. That's what he did when he quit uh, King Diamond, I think. He's basically had that for about 30 years now. Wow. Uh, um, it's very really, really cool, and you can go and, and just hang out. And I now I'm going to go to my first King Diamond concert in August, so that's going to be interesting as well. I've, oh yeah, that'd uh, be cool. Really, I've been yeah, I've been getting into both King Diamond as well as Merciful Fate because of that medley. Basically. Yeah, see, I mean that's that's you know, case in point exactly, man. I mean that's exactly you know you you heard that medley, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I got to check this guy these guys out. And then obviously there's King Diamond who did all his own stuff after that, but I mean. That's crazy. That guy's still touring, man. He's still doing it. I mean, uh, he, I, I think he has a very devoted following. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, and, uh, you know, he, he, he does what he does, and, and uh, he has a great band. I mean, Andy LaRogue and Matt Thompson on drums and all those guys are just amazing yeah. players. So, or De La Rock or whatever. Yeah. Just, just is. Is he, is he kind of like local legend in, in Copenhagen, you think? At this oh, point, sure, I'd sure. Uh, Lars, Lars is much bigger, though, but yeah. Sure. I mean, he's a, uh, uh, the same way that uh, Lars is a hometown hero. Right. Uh, King Diamond is from one of the burbs uh, of Copenhagen. Yeah. So, yeah, he's very local. That's cool, and, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I hope that in, sometime in the future, next time I do a, a tour of Europe, I'll, I'll get to go to that, that shop that guy owns. That sounds awesome. That's, 
literally yeah. it's, it's no surprise that that's what that's you know what me and Clint do a lot on tour on show days and days off is go to record stores and stuff so I wish I'd known that last time I was there no hey next time you come just uh, hit me up and I'll, I'll take you there hey deal <laughs> deal you have that yeah um, well that's cool man so uh, what so what was the uh, so the black gun was what you got into what would you say like over the sure. years now is kind of like your favorite record like desert island record you know oh that's a hard one um because my favorite song is creeping death okay by far it's just the, to me it's the perfect metal song from start to finish it really is it's, yeah it's just amazing it's just uh, the killer intro killer riff uh killer verse killer <laughs> everything's killer and of course the solo just blows me away and uh, oh, yeah. i wish i could play it I only played it on Guitar Hero, so that's about it. Uh, it's same, yeah. I can't. I, 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 I can play some of Kirk's stuff, but some of that faster stuff, my, my hands never really was able to do that. Clint's pretty quick when it comes to kind of shredding stuff. And all right. I right, can do some right. stuff, but not um, that. Some of that fast stuff off off that or puppets or Justice God. I mean, it's 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 no joke, man. He's a hell of a player. And he played it perfectly um, at the gig on Thursday. That's um, awesome. My my favorite album is probably Master. Uh, again, yeah. cliche, I know, but there, and uh, but it, I think with Metallica and me, it's all about what kind of mood I'm in. Right, sure. If I'm in, because recently I've been listening a lot to Andrew Sandman again. Yeah, and Sad but True, because this production is just so great, and it just it just blows out your speakers or your yeah. headphones, and it just. And you just want a headbang. And uh, but if you want to really, uh, if you want to fresh, put on some master. Yeah, no fun. joke, man. Well, and even like you know, when you're talking about the black album and the production, I mean, you know, we're coming up on that's you know that being the next in the box set series they're releasing, and, and Clint sure. and I've talked about it. Like, do you really need to remaster that one? Like, it it sounds so good. I mean, everything <laughs> from then on was kind of like it all sounds great. Like, I could do with a re a remaster of death magnetic obviously that had its issues sure, but sure or maybe even a remix of that one but i doubt they'll do that but i mean the black album it's like as much as that sold and people will often say it's overplayed and this and that or the same man is it's like no way man man that record is still so good it holds up so well um i mean i, I was talking to a bunch a couple of uh, young uh, a couple of uh, guys uh, teenagers like at the at the concert and they, I think they were like 14, 15 maybe. And this was their first Metallica show. Right. And I felt like a, the old guy, the elder statesman, all that stuff. Uh, so I felt, okay, so I asked them, so which, what, is, what songs do you, want to, do you want to hear? And they were really into Metallica, really hardcore. Yeah. They both said in the Sandman. And I mean, it's just because, the, and they said it because it just sounds so great. Right, yeah. And, and, I, and I said, I don't care what anyone else says. I think it sounds amazing. It totally to does. Day. It's still it's still such a good song, and even though they close every show with it, you know they have been on this entire sure. tour. It's like, you know, it's not a song I'm going to leave during. Uh, I'm not going to try to duck out early. Like I want to hear the whole thing, and I still think it's a, a a damn near perfect song. It's one of the best metal riffs of all time. Sure, uh, Kirk had a, a good um, three o'clock session there by himself to write that. Mm-hmm. So uh, he he done good. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, what? Uh, let's kind of talk about your day going to the show in Copenhagen. Um, you obviously live. Are, are you live in Copenhagen or nearby? 
Uh, yeah, basically, uh, I live in um, in sort of the Copenhagen municipality, which is uh, an area called Brøndshøj, which is within Copenhagen, but still not the city center. Right. Okay. Uh, but um, very close proximity to the to the stadium. So, sure. Uh, basically, Copenhagen. Okay. Uh, and uh, well, you know, I, I was on my holiday, but I. Um, unlike, unlike other metalheads, I didn't go to all the pre-parties. Uh, it would have been cool, but I, uh, I was going with my wife. Right. So uh, instead, I took her out to dinner. You thought maybe, <laughs> oh, this was like a fancy date night. Okay, you thought maybe yes. like, <clears throat> the show is going to be enough for her as far as getting her dose of Metallica. Probably don't want to sure. overload her with a party beforehand at a bar <laughs> where everyone's drinking beer. And wearing Metallica <laughs> shirts and talking about Metallica all night long, I, I'd imagine it might, that might be a bit much. For yeah, it would be an, an overload for sure. Uh, right, but you went but, the, you but, went the romantic route and went out to dinner. Nice. I did. I think Metallica is a perfect date. I don't know about you, but I'm with you, man. So. I'm trying to convince my <laughs> wife of that. Uh, well, just say that it worked in Denmark. So you know. <laughs> the, the, the Danish do it. So <laughs> yeah, Danes do it. And why won't why won't you? Um, I mean. So we, she was at work. So as, as soon as she came from work, uh, we uh, we went to, we went uh, to a restaurant in yeah. uh, close to the stadium and just uh, had a very nice dinner in the sun. It was very warm and we had uh, great food. And then we slowly made our way there, soaked up the uh, soaked up the uh, atmosphere and just uh, and just saw a lot of people. Yeah, and, man, uh, sitting in the sun, drinking beer, hanging out. Uh, people from all over, I mean, all over the country, from Sweden, from Poland, yeah. from Norway, Germany, all over the place came in uh, that day. And they picked the perfect day. It was, uh, it was about, uh, I mean, 80 degrees or something like that. Fahrenheit. Yeah, that sounds perfect. And, uh, yeah, perfect conditions. And we just sort of made our way there. And I, I thought I wanted to see the, the opening bands. I want to pay respect. I want to see what they can do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, we just went in early. We were in the inner sort of inner circle. Right. We have that here in Europe. We have this inner circle. We pay a little extra. Oh yeah. Get, is that uh, the, the what they call it? The yellow something. Uh, golden circle. Golden circle. Or, yeah. <laughs> yellow or circle. Or inner inner circle in this case. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so we went there and just hung out. The, you know, it's a cool place. You can come in and out very easily. You have a mm -hmm. little arm like a wristband, and uh, you can go to the bar. You can go get a snack or whatever yeah man that's out. cool did you end up yeah. uh end up kind of making friends with anybody yeah. around and start chatting with other people i i i was hoping to because i was actually wearing your shirt oh nice i was i was wearing the the uh the the, the, the sort of the dagger through the iPhone yeah shirt. that's awesome uh, hope, thank you for thank you for doing that, that by the way uh hey i'm gonna i'm gonna promote your podcast as much as possible <laughs> because uh, I, I listen to it every uh every chance i get that's great man. and uh Unfortunately, no one else had one on. Uh, but after this, and when you share this, I'm gonna try to share it with the, the fan club, uh, local fan club. Yeah, man. Uh, on Facebook, just to make sure that people don't miss it. And yeah, absolutely. More people can turn on. Uh, so people, but people check checked out the T-shirt. They hadn't quite seen anything like that. So yeah, like wait a second. Uh, I know that font. What is that? You know. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely uh, been a conversation starter. Like I, I mean, I've got you know, I got that same shirt, and every once in a while, if I wear it, which feels weird, it's like wearing the shirt of your own band. But um, every once in a while, I will wear it, and someone's like, "What is that shirt?" And I'm like, "Oh, uh, well, it's kind of embarrassing. This is my podcast that I do with my friend." Um, but you know, it, it, it. If you're a Metallica fan, it definitely you know that. 
that you know that font and the especially the M and the A. Sure. So sure. it's one of those things right away where you're like, okay, what I want to know what that is because it's not the band, but it's not like a like a ripoff design of of some other whatever you know like whatever some. Uh, other let's say tv show or cartoon whatever they make like a fake shirt with that font so it is a conversation starter for sure i mean it, it was interesting i met a friend in there an old friend of mine and I, he was like what is that shirt and i said hey you never heard this podcast it's amazing you should go to that website you know go on uh, itunes uh, yeah check out this and that and uh so he's on a, uh, also because i said i was going to be on the podcast so Hopefully uh, that will uh, not uh, deter him from listening further. That's right, man. Hey, listen, you're about to be you're about to be a local celebrity there in Copenhagen in the local chapter. Well, that's why I do this. <laughs> you do it for the fame. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, this is what it's all about. That's cool, man. No, but there's, you know, there's been a lot of uh, listeners that have, have worn their shirts to these shows over in Europe and sent us photos, and it's really cool to see and. Even uh, our friend Anya and Edgar got to meet up at a show. I think I think Anya had her shirt on, and he 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 saw it like the old school logo, and that's nice. how they met up, and they knew each other's names from the show and all that stuff. So it's really cool. Like you know, we're bringing you know we're all about bringing people together. Yeah. And we got some sweet blues playing in the background. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I hope still you can hear me. Oh no, no, you can hear me fine. Uh, it, it, whenever, okay. I, whenever uh, you start talking, it kind of ducks down a little bit, and then when I talk, it comes up a little bit, like it's it's my own background music whenever I'm speaking. <laughs> oh, right. but it's, it's sort of it's it's nice blues though. Hey, I'm not it's complaining, okay. man. Listen, you 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 could be standing over a highway overpass right now in traffic and cars honking their horns, but. You chose wisely. We're listening to some 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 Greek blues and uh, talking about Metallica. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> uh, it could be worse, right? It could definitely be worse. Absolutely. Yeah, you you could be in a, a a bar where there's like a really bad cover band playing like uh, Savage Garden or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's the first band I could think of that I don't like. <laughs> Wow, that was a really deep one. I know, isn't it? That was some I don't know deep resentment. I don't know what, how that just came out all of a sudden, but I'd rather you know, listen. I'm, you don't want you don't want to st- you don't want to stand with him on a mountain. Not so much. Stand I mean, with him to see or whatever the song is. I mean, I, I don't even remember their big songs, but <laughs> I'm probably not oh, going to okay. go seeking that anytime soon. Though I'm sure they're nice guys. Oh, okay. Don't worry. They don't them. like each other anymore. So oh, okay. Well. That's good to know. At least, you know, I, I'm guessing there's not many Savage Garden fans that listen to this podcast. So I think we're in a safe place. <laughs> well, okay, but uh, we have to be we have to be careful when we uh, diss diss some bands, man. I mean, uh, I know. Well, Savage Garden is cool. I'm not dissing them like like for no reason. I just don't like it. That's all. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't like them either. So that's it's fine. like, listen, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't care for the Jonas Brothers, but you know, I, I'm not going to rip on them and say they're assholes because I don't know them. I'm sure they're nice guys, but I just don't like their music. Are you sure? Are you sure? Uh, maybe I like them. Okay. <laughs> I like the Joe Bros. Yeah, admit it, man. Yeah, well, I just, I just did. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Um, okay. <laughs> so at the show, did you guys get did you get any merch or any po- any uh, posters, show poster, anything like that? Uh, no, we just had regular tickets. Um, okay. We um, I I have a bunch of t-shirts. I have t-shirts going. I, I used to, I used to be a member. Used to now it's uh, called fifth member. I used to be a member of the Met Club. Yeah. So I have, I have t-shirts from way back when. Very and, cool. Uh, and uh, I and I share. 
Uh, I use I had my Metal Up Your Podcast T-shirt on, so I I graciously lent my um, Master of Puppet T-shirt to my wife to wear. Ooh, so nice! She could be full on metal, yes, and she she loved it. It's like and, uh, it's it's so like putting on camouflage. You know, you're not going to stand out too much. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> you can blend blend <laughs> yeah. in with the other metalheads. And yeah, she had her her pink and her metal. Nice. Yeah. And the good thing about the Master of Puppet shirt, if it's the the, the one I'm thinking of with the album artwork on the front, if she gets in a bind, she all she has to do is memorize the song titles on the back of the shirt, and, and someone's like, "What's yes. your favorite song on that record?" You're like, "Oh, hang on a second. The thing that should not be. <laughs> exactly. Just wear it backwards or something." <laughs> Oh, she would just say Master of Puppets. Yeah. And then people would say, she's legit. She's legit, yeah. Uh, yeah for sure. No, but uh, so we just did that, and it was, it was pretty casual. Um, um, we, I, what I really wanted to was to just go in and just have a kick-ass rock show. Heck yeah, maybe man. Just, they, they, they were basically just going in and just soaking up the atmosphere, uh, just taking it all in, just thinking you know it's summertime and and it's metal night yeah man the national football stadium or soccer stadium so uh so that's all we did we just we went in we had a beer just found a place and just checked out bocasa yeah man so how so how was bocasa oh they were awesome actually it was uh there was a reviewer after the day after that sort of described them as a mix between motorhead kaya's and uh uh, who else? I mean, say no more. That uh, sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, sort of. Uh, and Savage uh, like Garden. St- yes, yes, uh, mixed between that and uh, very high, high uh, vocals for the lead singer. No, and the- uh, he. Uh, uh, it was sort of stoner punk, hardcore stoner rock punk, punk mixture. It was really cool, actually. I liked it. And then there, there, there's a uh, three piece, right? Yes, uh, I mean uh, the the. This, they're a Norwegian band from yeah. Trondheim, where the band is playing, I think, tonight. Uh, and um, and they are just a three-piece, but they really they make a lot of noise. And Good. I think the guitar player is really cool, and the bass the bass player is headbanging. But but the player who really impressed me was the drummer. Yeah, he okay. He's pretty kick-ass. That's awesome. And I mean, I, I love when you can see a three-piece band, and they just have this huge sound for just three guys three instruments you know it's it's so it's like you know earlier days in nirvana before they added pat smear on guitar it was like i mean sure, i know that sure, they sure. always were you know they're quoted as saying they were meant to be a you know two guitar band but um they just sounded so good as a three-piece and a lot of bands like that too i, I just love that i mean even bands like rush or whatever like i watched that i've watched yeah, that documentary like yeah. three or four times now i just watched it the other night again and it's like man they they sounded so massive for only being three guys and so that's cool that because is the same way like, I, 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 I mean, the t- power trio, the power trio yeah. is sort of should be brought back. I mean, even everything from you know Cream to Triumph, right. to Rush to all that stuff. I mean, Heck yeah, Green Day, just, and there's so many, so many great trios yeah, out Green there. Day for sure, sure. I mean, I mean, it's it, they just made a wall of sound, mm-hmm. and it was good. Absolutely, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I gotta check that check Bacasa out, man. I, that's for some reason I haven't really tapped into them, even though they've been opening this this whole European tour. But uh, after yeah, your yeah. explanation, definitely has me even more intrigued now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're not very diverse in their sound. It kind of, sure. you know, it's it's full on rock, metal, hardcore, right. stoner, whatever. But I mean, they for for the half hour they had, they belted it out. I gotta say, that's awesome, man. 
That's so cool. And then how was Ghost? Uh, like Clint, I'm a big fan of Ghost. Now. Okay. Uh, it's my new favorite band. Uh, Metallica is on a different level for me, but Ghost is, uh, and and they were great. I mean, as as I think I've, some other people have said, I mean, doing the the, the thing in the in the day daylight, right, <laughs> and yeah. also uh, having a, 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 an audience mainly there for Metallica is not probably not the easiest crowd. Sure. Uh, and I don't think that many people knew of them. It didn't seem like that. Okay. But I, I mean, I, I mean, the band plays great. Uh, uh, Cardinal Copia is great. Uh, and my, and I've said this a hundred times to my friend. My favorite song of 2018 is Miasma. Okay. The instrument, the instrumental from the latest album is just amazing. Also live. That's good to hear so, them doing uh, instrumental stuff too, man. Yeah, it's cool. It's basically a, a super trip. The song is like. Um, a mix between uh, Blue Oyster Cult and Yes, oh, with a little cool. bit of Michael, Michael Michael Jackson and a little bit of Van Halen put into it. Too, a little so. bit of Savage Garden in there too, just for good <laughs> just for good measure. Uh, yes, uh, well, you can't play a proper instrumental without, can you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna now. I'm, now I want to listen to Savage Garden. What's happening? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, but, yeah, is it really that bad? Let me listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go back now. Man. That's cool, man. Yeah, I've, I've been I've been slowly checking out Ghost because Clint obviously raves about him. Obviously, the boys in the band like him a ton. They took him on tour, you know, and they've gotten really popular. You know, I think over the last couple of years, or even more so than sure. they were. Um, are they? Are they not Danish? Are they Swedish? They are from Sweden. Sweden. That's um, right. Okay. Yes, uh, the lead singer is, uh, is very Swedish. Okay. He's a he's interesting. He's a very interesting uh, artist for sure. He's right. very talented, obviously, and but also a total rock star. And I, he's just. It's a mix between, I don't know, ABBA and Freddie Mercury. Right, yeah. Man, there's so much it's good music just, that comes out of Scandinavia, too. Oh, yeah, it's, sure. I think there's just uh, a lot of downtime when it's dark there in the wintertime, and they've, they have nothing else to yeah, do but write songs. Inside, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I've been oh, up yeah. there in the summertime, and it's beautiful, like up in Norway and Sweden, Denmark, and um, Finland, and, and it's like it's a trip when the sun barely goes down for like three hours and comes right back up. Um, yes, but it, you've I, been very far north then. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I've been up. Yeah, I've been up to like northern Sweden where like it doesn't go down. Wow. It's so weird. I can imagine that. So uh, our summer nights are very short for sure. I think the sun right. goes down around. Uh, this final light goes away around eleven, ten thirty, eleven wow. p.m. Uh, and then starts coming back up again about. 3 30 4 o'clock yeah yeah totally man and I, I remember touring over there uh, numerous times and you know the, a lot of hotel rooms have like those really thick blackout curtains yes because if you got to go to bed early you know go up for early flight or something at like 9 10 p.m it's like it's bright it, it seems like it's noon outside when you're when you're going to bed oh, that sure. early so you have to have but all that stuff to cover up the windows but it's amazing if you're hanging out outside you know at the beach or whatever you can you can hang out all day yep exactly man exactly um well, man, let's uh, let's kind of jump into the set here. Um, do you have Do you have the set list in front of you, or do I need to kind of guide guide you through it? Oh, please, uh, do I? I don't have it in front. Of me. Okay. Or here, or here, here's what I was thinking of doing something a little different because a lot of these set lists are now kind of the same. There's obviously the rotating slots, but we know that yeah. certain shows are going to do Memory Remains, certain shows No Leaf Clover. So what I thought maybe we could do rather than kind of going through every single thing is I'll I'll run down the set list so everyone knows what they played at this particular show, and then any. Um, kind of highlight moments for you that jumped out uh you let me know after that does that sound good 
Great. Okay. So setlist is as follows at um, in Copenhagen, Denmark. They played at the is it Telia Parken? Yes. Um, stadium, and uh, so they obviously actually gold intro. They did. Hardwire, Memory Remains, Ride the Lightning, God That Failed, Unforgiven, Here Comes Revenge, Moth in the Flame, Sabbath True, No Leaf Clover, Followed by the Doodles, Frantic, One, Master of Puppets, Proving the Bell Tolls, Creeping Death, Seeking Destroy, Spit Out the Bone, Nothing Else Matters, and Enter Salmon, of course. So, with that sexy trumpet happening in the background, or saxophone, I'm not sure what that is. It's tough to tell over Skype. I think it's, uh, uh, I think it's uh, trumpet. Some trumpet? Okay. I think it's got a mute on it, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's nice. I kind of like this background music. A little jazz happening. This is good, good, all for you, man. Good call, man. Some Greek jazz happening on the phone. I'm feeling <laughs> good. So, uh, yeah, what are some highlights for you? Obviously, like memory remains. Being second is cool. Uh, what are some other highlights during the set you think for you? Well, um, I want to say that I think I was sort of anticipating. Uh, uh, memory remains to be really, really uh, cool and have a long, long sing along. Yeah, I really, I, I just want, really wanted to hear the sort of extended outro that, that they started doing, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and uh, it actually started me headbanging, and I don't think I really headbanged that much <laughs> to memory before. It doesn't say it's so, not a, uh, much of a headbang worthy yeah. song in general, but uh, that's cool. But the outro is for sure. So yeah, that was really cool. Uh, one of the highlights in the beginning, I think, was uh, "Ride the Lightning." I mean, it's always a banger. Um, yeah. But but they re- played it really well, and uh, I think Kirk was on point. Nas was on point. Good. Uh, uh, it sounded really good. Uh, they had a bit of, I think, a bit of sound issues in the in the beginning. It's not really a stadium built for music, uh, for concerts. Right. Uh, so they. Uh, they only played there once before, and that was 15 years ago, and they got slayed in the press. So they didn't play there until, well, two days ago. Yeah, wow, okay. Uh, and uh, so they so they had a little bit of issues in the beginning, but when we got to Moth, that's when it changed. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, what yeah, else? That's cool, uh, Red the Lightning, though. Uh, it's one of those... I still kind of think it's a deep cut. Um but I feel like it's, I don't know, I think it's rather they're throwing it in the set list, especially in the third slot, and going from that into the God That Failed. When they started playing God That Failed, everyone was like, holy crap, a, a Black Album deep cut. This is awesome. Yeah, I, I was, for sure. I was expecting it. But I got to say, um, Denmark is an interesting place, and I, I mean no disrespect to any of the Danish Metallica fans out there, but the, Metallica is one of, has become one of those bands where, like you 2 the Rolling Stones, um, Foo Fighters, even that everyone has got to hear. Yeah. That means that it's not just for hardcore fans; it's for a lot of casuals. Sure. And, okay. Um, so people didn't really know that song. Interesting. But luckily, okay. um, we were standing in, the, in a group of uh, people that did know it. So yeah. we, I was, uh, I was singing along with uh, one of the my neighboring. Uh, uh, you know, fans. So right, uh, yeah. we were just uh, singing, belting it out. And uh, but <laughs> you got to be careful if you're the only two ones singing and you sing louder than the PA. Oh man, that's true. So <laughs> I just, I mean, I'll sing out <laughs> so, loud and just I don't care who's watching or who's singing along or not. But <laughs> did your wife think you were crazy at any point? Like, oh wow, I didn't realize he was this into the band. Yeah, she looked at me a few times. My wife was like, oh, you're being embarrassing. You have a voice. Uh, <laughs> doesn't sound too great, but. But she, she was happy to see my enthusiasm. She's yeah, well, like you said before, I mean, I think she finally, you know, maybe she now understood, like, wow, I get it. I get it why people love this band so much. 
Well, that was the whole point. I wanted her to, you know, be part of sort of my uh, my history as well. Yeah, totally. Twenty three years, uh, twenty four years of listening to this. Band. Yeah, exactly. Man. It is crazy. I mean, there's not a lot of bands that I've listened to this long. No, exactly. It's, you know, uh, it's part of your DNA almost. Like, I, like I've been listening to this man for thirty years. <laughs> it's so crazy. Exactly. Man. Exactly. Got into it when I was like ten it's or eleven years old, and it's so man, it's so cool. Um, it's a hell of a long time. Too. Yeah, it really is. And I'll, you know, I'll keep listening until I'm an old grandpa. You know. Me too. Now we got some saxophone happening. Yes, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> this wow, is awesome. Really clear in you. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um. So yeah, some other uh, uh, cool stuff. That obviously, Moth and the Flames been you know on the tour the whole time. But I, I'd imagine you were pretty excited when you know, they played Sabbath True, considering you, you, that was like the record you came online with. Sure. I mean, I, I want to stay with uh, with Moth and the Flame, uh, Moth and the Flame though, because uh, they did something. There was um, they did the Doodle. Was that before or after Moth? I forget. Uh, the Doodle looks like it was after No, no Leaf Clover, actually. Okay. Right, because first of all, No Leaf Clover. Amazing! I wasn't expecting to hear it. Yeah. I love that song. It is one of the best songs in the last twenty years. I, know, I agree. It's just amazing, and I just I can listen to. I actually listen to that a couple times a week still. It's such a great uh, song, man. I, I love I love the orchestra version. I love the version they're playing on tour. It's obviously going to sure. be a part of SNM too. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm so bummed that I, I I've not gotten to see it live. It, it still it sounds amazing, and uh, he sings it really well, even with the uh, the high pitched sound at the end. Right, totally. Um, and uh, but but then then they did something uh, around the time of the the doodle, which was, I think was before Moth. It looks uh, like they, the, they they played a. Uh, it looks like one right? uh, by a band called DAD, Sleeping Sleeping My Day Away. Exactly. I assume exactly. I assume this and is that, a uh, this is a Danish band. Yes, DAD actually stands for Disneyland After Dark, and okay. they were originally named Disneyland After Dark until Disney shut it down uh, because of copyright infringement. Interesting. And then they okay. renamed it DAD. Disneyland and they After had a Dark. Minor hit with, yes, because you know it's full of freaks and stuff. And of course, uh, they were on. They at one point they were on a label called Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> of course, no, it's a Danish band. Wow, uh, is, I've never heard of this band. This is so interesting. I'm just reading a couple little facts about them. They're, it's, they yeah. actually had a they actually had a minor hit with "Sleeping My Day Away." Yeah. They're sort of at the tail end of uh, the hair metal thing. They were okay. not quite hair metal, but they kind of looked like it a little bit. Yeah, they well, had a minor hit with the uh, MTV hit with "Sleeping My Day Away." It looks like they're the still days. going too. They're still going. I actually watched them in April. <clears> really? Like how, May this year. How were they live? Oh, great! That's they're awesome. Probably one of the best hard rock bands around still yeah I'll, Danish hard rock bands I, I love the description the first the first thing of the, their band history on Wikipedia it says in the early 1980s Copenhagen Denmark DAD started playing together under the original name Disneyland After Dark Peterson came up with the name based on the idea that when the lights are out out at Disneyland anything can happen <laughs> exactly it sounds like a, very... a plot to a movie when the lights are out at Disneyland anything can happen <laughs> we gotta get that uh, trailer guy out yeah, no, uh, in, in a world where Mickey Mouse runs the show, take, <laughs> when the lights go out, anything can happen. And then they start playing uh, Stephen My Day Away. Yeah, that's that cool. Cool though. So it looks like they did uh, the doodle. They, they played it. 
Oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, and the people people were singing along because everyone knows it, and uh, they're sort of a house band. Yeah. Um, in Denmark, and uh, the Crown Prince loves them, so they 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 actually play a lot of the sort of official events. Oh, really? Interesting. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. So they're pretty big. They're keeping it keeping it political. <laughs> sure. That's awesome. So it looks uh, like they did yeah, sleeping my day away, and then they did the usual little man unkind thing, and then robbed it Orion. How did Orion sound on, on bass? Beautiful. I was I was swaying. <laughs> and That's awesome. That, that middle section. The middle section of Orion is amazing. And, yeah, and they and uh, Cliff comes up on the, the big screens on the side. Of course, yeah. It's all, it's all very um, somber. But it's, it's a good. It's, it's a good like you know, slightly emotional, uh, also celebratory, you know, of Cliff's life. Uh, but it's it, it's definitely like a, a goosebumps moment. I think uh, on their shows. Um, For sure. You know, I remember. He's beautiful. Well, yeah, you know, when the, the the times I've seen him, he's done um, anesthesia and. Second, that head-banging footage of Cliff comes up from uh, Day on the Green. Everyone starts going yeah. crazy, and it's just—it's just a beautiful moment, I think, in their set. Oh, absolutely! It's a—it's a really good callback, and it's a really good tribute. Yeah, man. How did you? How are you for feeling sure. about uh, about having the uh, Saint Anger slot in the set list for for COVID hanging? You got frantic. I gotta say, frantic was really good. Yeah. It was such. I, I, I mean, I knew it was coming, either or, you know, Saint Anger or sure. Frantic, but I mean, it was heavy. It was fast, it was heavy, and a mosh pit started. Yeah. I was surprised. I was, that's when the first mosh pit happened, was during Frantic. Um, I mean, but that was when they sort of, they, they fixed the sound by then, mm-hmm. and Moth into playing. Sad but true, and, and frantic sounded crushing. No, oh, that's awesome. I mean, it was so crushing. I mean, I've never heard sad but true that heavy. Yeah, that's <laughs> rad. And uh, Moth into Flame, one of the highlights of the show. Yeah, and frantic also. I mean, they, were, they they did something with this with the guitars, and they just sounded so damn heavy. And that's whenever great. they 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 you know they hit the chord, it just you hit you in the chest. Yeah, man. That's a hey, that's that's the, that's how, the way to see a Metallica show, man. If you can. Especially finding that For sweet sure. spot in the crowd. If you have floor floor tickets, you can walk around a little bit. You know, like you can find that good spot where you get a lot, good amount of low end and stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of low end. You could hear the bass. Bass was so loud. It was amazing. That's great, man. That's so, so cool. awesome. Um, Frantic, great. Yeah. So for, yeah, I, I, I would love to see a Saint Anger song live. It'd be awesome. I, I didn't. Th- excuse me. I didn't think they were going to be pulling that stuff out ever again, but clearly they are. I mean. I mean, they might be doing one of them well, for SNM too. Safe, though. What's I that? I mean, they're playing it safe. I mean, I mean, Frantic is a great song. I think. Yeah. I think the only reason why people might not like it is because of the production. Sure, but you're not. You're not, anger, but you're not getting that live, so you're getting like a new version no, of it no. in a way, you know. Almost, yeah. And I mean, uh, Saint Anger, even same thing. I, I'm. I'm happy that they're playing it. I'm happy that they're acknowledging that there are great songs on yeah, the album. Yeah, sure. I like you. I wish they would ha- uh, like give us some uh, "That Was Just Your Life" or <laughs> something yeah, like that yeah. from Death Magnetic that's, as well. That's the one thing that I'm I've been bummed about. These setlists is like no Death Magnetic love, man. Like, surely D- "Day That Never Comes" or "Unforgiven Three has got to be a contender for S and M too. So I would I hope they start pulling that stuff out. But I mean, who knows? It's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do because there's a lot of songs for S and M too, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, very melodic stuff they could pull out. Absolutely, yeah. Really just 
I would I would say even like like Sanitarium or or Fates of Black. Yeah, neither of those were on the first one, man. That's exactly that would sound amazing with an orchestra. Amazing. That seems like a no brainer, you know. Absolutely. Um, So. So yeah, uh, kind of rounding out, you know, per usual, rounding out the first main set list. You know, one puppets, bells, creeping deaths, he can destroy. Um, so it, since you're in the golden circle, when they do, is it the last three or two songs they do when they come out front? Uh, it is before the last uh, last encore. Is it so after? They do it sort of halfway. Okay. Um, the first song, which one was it? I forget. Isn't it after they, they after, have, pu- after puppets they go down there and do from the bell tolls, creeping death and seeking destroy? Yes. Yes. Okay. Exactly. And you, so at that point, you you probably had an even better view because you were the golden circle. Yes, I was maybe ten yards away. Yeah, that's tracks. awesome. And uh, it was it's a really cool idea to bring the this drum set uh, that far out because it's really far away from the right from the platform otherwise, and yeah, everyone exactly. else is out there and. Uh, so it's a really cool idea to get close to the fans that way. I, I, it's, uh, I mean, Metallica always does this kind of stuff, and it's amazing. Oh yeah, for sure, man. No, it's a, it's a great way. I mean, on, on the tour we saw, you know, it was the same tour, but in the U.S. leg, they were just doing Seek and Destroy out there. But it's cool they're doing three songs down there. It gives people a closer look that you know maybe are either inside the Snake Pit or they're on the Golden Circle side, but. It just, you know, it brings the four of them together, a little s- smaller unit like they would in the garage yes. or whatever. And I love, I love that they do that. I mean, Lars always wanted to be up front, so <laughs> right, he finally yeah. found a way. <laughs> this is how he gets to be the front man, yeah. That's yeah, awesome, yeah. man. But so, I mean, it, it was great, and it sounded amazing. You could so, feel the, yeah. whenever he, he, he hit the one of the toms or the bass drum, you know, you could feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So for the uh, for the main encore, was there a specific song you were expecting, uh, or, were you, or were you hoping for "Spit Out the Bone"? Um, I was hoping for "Spit Out the Bone." Uh, yeah. I I never heard it before. Uh, I heard "Lords of Summer" when they were playing that. Right. Uh, premiering that the, the original or the first uh, first run version or whatever it was called. Sure. Uh, and. And uh, but "Spit on the Bone" was amazing again. I mean, it's a flasher. It's just heavy as hell. And uh, and again, Kurt nailed all the solos. Yeah, I couldn't be more. I couldn't be happier. And I just, um, it's it's just a great song. And I think it's gonna stay uh, stick around. I, yeah, I man. I think so. I think it was it Clint who speculated that we might not hear it again after this run. I don't know, man. I it hope could so. Be in a, in a like a in a spot interchanging with battery and black and, and fire. Yeah, well, it was at one, at one point. It was you know it was like all four of those were kind of rotating. You know, I mean, I saw blackened and battery. Um, all four shows I saw was one of those two, and I kept hoping for about the bone, but they hadn't premiered it yet when I saw them. The first time I saw them on, on this tour. But uh, no, it's a great uh, it's a it great good. song, man. It's 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 such a banger. It, I mean. Did you feel that the the crowd was receptive to it, even though you said there, there it seemed like there were a lot more casual fans there? Um, I think in general, um, the the hardwired stuff. I mean, the the hardcore fans, we we were singing along to it. I think the casuals right. they were not really there for that. They knew uh, one of, one of the songs I wanted to sort of highlight was 
master of puppets. Yeah. Stable, I know, but hearing about 47,000 people screaming master. Yeah, dude. And you, at the same time, that was just, uh, that was, it gave me chills because it it's was such just a good so loud. Yeah. Same thing with one. It was just the people, the songs people knew they were screaming, singing along to, and it was Absolutely. really, uh, really loud. The loudest I've ever heard. Actually. Some of the some of the crowd kind of crowd participation moments are great. I mean, the die chance, you know, yeah. on creeping death, you know, master, all that kind of stuff is just. I love it, man. It's just it's so exciting to hear, and when you're in an arena or a stadium with that many people and everyone's yelling it, it's so powerful. Oh, it, just, it is! It is like an like an army. Like, not as powerful you know, as that trumpet, though, because that thing is rocking right now. That is, uh, that is, I'm, I'm feeling grooving for sure. Oh yeah, man. Uh, uh, I mean, the 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 whole thing about, I mean, when people were on, they were on, and yeah. like I said, mosh pits broke out, frantic, master creep, and you know, and 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 people were into it, and and so I I I gotta say. Um, when they played the songs that everyone knows, people were on. When they played, yeah. like, Here Comes to Revenge, I don't think people knew that one. Sure. Uh, I knew it, obviously, so course, I was yeah. happy to hear it. Um, same thing goes with Moth and, and all that stuff. But um, when they played the, the hits, so to speak, people were on, and that, 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 that was great. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure at the end of the set here, I mean, you know, Nothing Else Matters, Inner Sam, and I mean, those arguably two of their biggest songs. I'm sure everybody oh, sure. was there, you know, going nuts and having a good time, singing along and stuff, and you know, and, and also too, when you've got like forty plus thousand people in there, I mean, there's gonna be some casuals, <laughs> you know. It's, um, but, but uh, still, yeah, but it's okay because we were they're expanding their their, their fan base, I suppose. Yeah, uh, totally, man. They, they're a lot, always a lot of kids always there. Doing that. Yeah, man. I love seeing that. <laughs> the trumpet's going off in the background. Yeah, he is. He's going crazy, man. This guy's good. <laughs> For sure. Mental note: next, to, if I ever go to Greece, go to the jazz club. And <laughs> yeah, the Black Rooster. The Black Rooster. Okay, we'll have to check that out if I'm ever if I'm ever there. <laughs> it sounds it's in, awesome. It's in Crete. I, I'm enjoying it's in this. Crete, though. Yeah. Island. Okay. Island of Crete, though. Okay. Good to know. So, yeah. I will make note <laughs> of that. Oh. <laughs> Well, cool, man. Well, is there anything else notable in the setlist you can remember, or we kind of kind of cover all the highlights for you? Well, I, that was a fu- that was a fun funny moment when they were setting up uh, the Unforgiven. It was, it was almost as if there was a power outage, at us, or uh, yeah. sort of a the fuse that, that blew out or something, because they missed their cue, and there was an awkward thirty second moment of people not really knowing what they were supposed to do, and then one of the roadies came out and sort of fixed it and then he and then finally James came out and started playing the acoustic okay so, so after the, the, the show intro? carried on was yeah, it like the int- it was, yeah it was strange because yeah like yeah. the intro, intro tape went and then it stopped and James was supposed to start playing but didn't yeah exactly uh, okay interesting. So, uh, so you can see Kirk just kind of looking around what's happening and, uh, and uh, it was, you know, it happens. And then and, and, uh, James came out and said, you know, we're still working on trying to do the perfect show. You know, we're still learning and all that. <laughs> That's awesome. All that good stuff. He's and so, so uh, and, his dad joke here and there. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, uh, one of my the things my wife said is that she really liked. She got a good vibe all of, of all of them. Yeah. Uh, I know it's not very you know hardcore metal. But she said they all seem so nice. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and, and and welcoming very, and very uh, true. engaging. 
Man, I think that yeah, at their age, man, as long as they've been doing it, I think they're just so grateful to be up there. And then they've got to walk out on stage and look out over 40,000 plus people and uh, and just sit there and think like, God, I can't believe we're still bringing this many people into shows. This is amazing. And, and, and it shows in their attitudes. I mean, that that is, it clearly showed that they, they like being there. Right, exactly. This was not, uh, I mean, you could argue, it, are they always, are they just doing what they always do? Maybe, but it's, it, you could feel uh, the, a connection, mm-hmm. I, I felt. I think, you could I mean, feel like they wanted to be there. Yeah. Every time I've seen I've seen them five times, and every time I've seen them, they seem very grateful. Um, they seem very just humbled to be there. And I think yeah. they're very excited that, like, man, we're still doing this, and we're still one of the biggest bands in the world. I mean, it's got to be humbling. Uh, Absolutely. But at the same time, they, they don't take it lightly. I don't think so. It's right. not. They, it's not. They don't phone it in, so to speak. They no. they, they give it their all. They sweat. They um, they really built it out. And mm-hmm. like, uh, James sounded great. Kirk was, I think, was on point. Uh, Rob is always laying it down, and I, I think Lars is one of the better shows I saw him play. So yeah, um, he's got was, he's uh, got to play well for his hometown crowd. For sure, and uh, and he knows that because people. <laughs> He, he, he spent a lot of time in and around Copenhagen uh, on his Instagram profile. You see mm-hmm, a lot yeah. of uh, pictures from um, Copenhagen. So, right. yeah, it is his hometown. I, uh, on my way to work, I bike past his, uh, his childhood home. Oh, wow. And uh, always look up. And so, uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it is very much so a hometown thing. He yeah, was talking sure. about, you know, going into the city center uh, just down the street from the from the stadium mm-hmm. to get uh, his records and stuff so that's uh, cool. i thought that was very special yeah that's awesome man well no he i mean you can tell on his social media instagram especially he really li- likes to just absorb where he is you know it's always going out like you know obviously goes to art galleries a lot but you can tell yes. that he really likes to he likes to absorb and take in the places he's he's in even though he's been there 30 times or whatever you know well, he went on a, a, a nighttime talk show or evening talk show oh, cool. a couple of days before where he, he sort of des- uh, described what he usually does when he comes to Copenhagen. Yeah. And he basically said that, you know, whenever he comes in into town, he calls up his family, he calls up his friends, and they then he has to basically make the rounds and just say hi to everybody. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and of course, why not? I mean, I would do the same if I came home to my hometown of see if everything looked the same and uh, if it felt the same and uh, yeah man and all that stuff absolutely so, and uh, but you know metallica has a very significant uh history yeah with denmark and copenhagen especially for obvious reasons yeah so, totally man um it's 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 cool that there's this connection yeah uh, man for sure lost this connection but also you know ride the lightning Master of Puppets and all that. Yeah, exactly, man. No, it's really cool. There's a lot of history of Metallica just in that city, even outside of Lars being from there, you know, and it's great. Um, it is very cool. Yeah. Well, man, uh, yeah, kind of wrapping up here, uh, I appreciate you doing this, taking the time out of your, your, your holiday to talk to me and, and providing great music in the background <laughs> to listen to while we talk. Um, yeah, yeah, so thank you so much for doing it. 
thank you for having me. It, it, it's a pleasure, and I, I gotta say, I've been following you guys for about a year and a half now. It, um, it is. I was looking for a Metallica podcast. Yeah. And by far, yours is the only one I listen to every week. Oh man. Uh, you have your sense of humor and your um, your sort of. Uh, that 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 thing you do, the the chemistry to you guys is just so cool. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. It's funny. It's funny. It's pretty funny. And uh, and hey, I like the. I also like Luna Satan. So kudos to Cliff. Uh, Clint, sorry, uh, that last song was. Yeah, man, he's, he put out it was cool. He's kicking ass with that. Yeah, he's gonna. I think he's gonna drop an EP this fall. Five, I think five songs, maybe four or five songs. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I keep doing it, and I'll support you, and uh, I, <laughs> and. Uh, I hope more people will listen to it, for sure. Me too. Hey, man, well, we appreciate your support and, and, uh, and love of the show. It, it does mean a lot to us. It, it is very humbling to know that we've got a, all these people that listen to us every week. You know, it's kind of, we never thought it would ever get to that point past maybe a couple hundred listeners, but uh, there's a couple thousand now. It's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, it's so interesting just to talk to people literally all over the world, you know, I'm talking to someone who's from Denmark who's in Greece right now. And it's, it's so cool that it's, it's gotten to this point, you know, so we, we're excited to see where it keeps going. Well, keep up the good work, man. Uh, I look forward to what happens next. Heck yeah, man. Well, thanks again for the chat, and uh, I'll let you know if I ever make it through uh, Copenhagen. Uh, do that, and uh, have a good weekend, and uh, I look forward to hearing the next episode. All right. Thanks again, Dennis. Thank you. Bye. See you later. Hey, it's Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we hope you're enjoying the Metal Tales from the Road series. If you've been keeping up with us, then you already know that we've covered every stop on the 2018-2019 North American Arena Tour, and we look forward to catching up with all of our European friends later this year on the Stadium Tour overseas. And there's more. After the Stadium Tour, we are continuing the Metal Tales series for any Metallica show in the past. Maybe you saw one of the Orion festivals. Maybe you were at the Channel in 1984 and Cliff Burton bought you a beer. Maybe you were at one of the 30th anniversary shows or you just saw a regular ass show in north dakota somewhere we want to hear from you since ethan and i started metal up your podcast we've wanted to find a way for listeners to call in and share their stories well this is it to make yourself eligible for a future or past metal tales episode please consider joining us on patreon for five dollars a month you not only get to come on the show as a guest you also get both of our Cover Our World Blackened EPs, monthly giveaways like deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, posters, and other goodies. You get early access to our YouTube videos, and we also let you ask our guests like Ray Burton, Michael Wagner, Hailstorm, members of Slipknot, your very own questions. For what essentially amounts to two cups of coffee a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. For any of you on the ride with us, we love you, we thank you, peace, and adios.